Hello and welcome to the Royal Central podcast from royalcentral.co.uk. I'm Lydia Starbuck, news editor. I am Monique Blocks, the assistant editor. I'm Brittany Barger, the deputy editor. And we have a special guest this week. Hi, I'm Deb Stratus from Toronto, Canada. I'm a writer and I've written four books about Princess Diana. It's lovely to have you along with us, Deb. So we're having a bit of a Diana special because Deb has agreed to join us, um, which is very exciting. So shall we start with your, you've got a brand new book out, haven't you, Deb? But it's Diana, but from a completely different perspective. It is. Yeah. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. It's, it's great to be talking about Diana and other royal things. So yeah, At Home with Diana is my newest book uh, coming out March the 2nd. And it's a little different than my other books. Uh, they were novels, so uh, historically based and researched. But this one is really a companion book. And it's, it tells Diana's story through the windows and doors of the, all the homes that she lived in. So it's a window into the life of Diana, which is a pretty intriguing idea, actually. Yeah, I, I've actually personally visited all 11 of the homes where she lived or holidayed in Scotland and England, just to really kind of get a sense of, you know, what the size of the homes were, what they look like inside, kind of imagining what her life was like there. So that really, uh, really helped to keep her voice alive. So why did you decide to write the book to tell Diana's story through her house? Yeah, as I said, it's really a companion book to the to the series. And uh, my readers kept asking, when's the next book coming about Diana? We want to read more about her. Uh, but was finished you know it was it really took her from her royal life all the way up to her tragic death so I needed to tell her story in a different way uh, and I also wanted to give practical tips about visiting these homes you know when to visit what not to miss uh, as well as giving the history of each of the homes so when they became part of the royal family who has lived there stories about them, that, that sort of thing. But you, go, you go right the way back to the beginning, don't you, from Diana's very, very earliest years. And it kind of struck me, like, looking at some of the places she lived, she never really had anywhere that she could call a home of her own, did she? She kind of always seemed to be borrowing other people's houses to live in, but mm-hmm. there was nowhere that really belonged to Diana. Yeah. That, that's a great point. And I, I would agree, especially when it came to sort of the royal calendar. You know, you go to Sandringham at Christmas, you go to Balmoral in the summer. You know, she was always with the royal family. I would say that probably the home that was her very, very own was her first home in London. She had a flat, uh, Colhern Court, back when she was just a teenager, you know, 18 years old or so, that she was able to buy from a, an inheritance that she that she got. So she, she was in charge of that home. She picked the roommates. She told them who was doing the washing up and who was doing the cleaning. But really, she only lived in that home for a very short time, a couple of years, in kind of her carefree teenage days before she got uh, swooped out by Prince Charles. And then the rest was history, as they say. But that was really her only real home that she owned, for sure. What home do you think meant the most to her? Do you think it was that one because, because it was hers? <laughs> No, no, I don't think so, Brittany. I I think Kensington Palace definitely meant the most to her. She lived there the longest. You know, she was there from her married life back in 1981 all the way up until her death in 1997. And, you know, she lived there a lot by herself. You know, after the separation and divorce, you know, really was her primary residence. She used to call it her gilded cage because, (laughs) you know, even though it was beautiful and opulent and, you know, she had lots of wonderful memories there, she also was a prisoner, you know, really. It was a beautiful prison, but nonetheless. So, but I think, you know, her sons were born there. 
you know, there was lots of family occasions. She did a lot of her good works from there. Famous friends used to visit there. So I think KP, as they call it, or Kensington Palace would, would definitely be the one that meant the most to her. It's probably the easiest one as well, isn't it, for anyone else to visit because it's owned by Historic Royal Palaces. It's open through the year. You can buy a ticket. You can go in. They hold exhibitions. Yeah. How easy is it, do you think, because you've been there and you've kind of walked in Diana's footsteps, how easy is it to get a feel of her in that palace? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's actually something that's kind of disappointing because <laughs> you really can't see any of her home you know she they had apartments eight and nine which is are now kind of officially you know visitor spots for for william and kate so when you go to kensington palace i don't want your listeners to be disappointed because you know they're going to see a beautiful <laughs> palace and if you walk the gardens you can see the diana memorial and there's the children's playground there which is really great uh, but the actual palace itself was really more of a throwback to queen victoria and then William and Mary and, and, and their, their apartments. So you can see their kings and queens apartments. But you don't really get a real sense of, of her there inside the palace. I feel like outside and around, you know, if you walk up Kensington High Street, you can go to the McDonald's, you know, where they used to line up in queue to wait, you know, for a burger uh, or the Marks and Spencer where she used to dash in. So the whole area definitely reminiscent of a feel for her. But uh, it is a bit sad that you don't kind of walk in and feel that wash of feeling come over you so much in that palace. Were you able to see some of her dresses that they have on display there? I have seen them. I actually saw them earlier in a, um, a traveling show in Toronto, actually, a few mm. years ago. So, uh, And I saw Megan's dress up at Holyrood Pas uh, Palace in Scotland. They had a display um, because, yep. you know, they just got married. And so they had Harry's and, and Meghan's wedding attire there. But uh, but I definitely have seen some of Diana's dresses in the past. They're beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I actually saw the same exhibition you're talking about in, oh. when it was in the U.S. in Cincinnati. It, it was a very it was a very nice exhibition. And I, yeah. I enjoyed it. That was the first they, time I had ever been able to see something. Really yeah, and they first. show pictures of her in the dress with the dress, so that mm. also was mm. very helpful. Yeah, brings back, oh yeah, she wore that with John Travolta, or she wore yes. that on the Japan <laughs> tour. So, w with your book, what what do you hope the reader takes away from it? Just advice on how to visit the places, or how she felt in yeah. these homes? Or... Yeah, yeah I, I definitely tell her whole story again. So, the reader, if they've never read anything about Diana, they're going to hear her whole story from when she was born, you know, all the way through her royal life. And a lot of the history of the homes as well. Uh, but I also hope, yeah, for sure, they definitely take away some practical tips on how to visit some of these homes. Really all those three things all together. And there's some photos and images in there as well. So you can actually see pictures of all the homes and a, a few of my personal photos as well. I really like about the book the fact that you do have the history in there. that yeah. goes over each of the each of the homes because um, I, I personally didn't know much about about sure. the home so what I've read it's giving me information I didn't know before so it's very informative awesome. I'm, I'm enjoying it definitely good to hear yeah it's a great reading as I say a lot of those homes where you're talking about visiting they're quite close together aren't they because Diana's life was kind of lived in a tiny little corner really of the southeast of England when she was hopping yeah. between these houses right from the very first one she lived in to her final residence yes yeah. Yeah, if somebody wanted to go and do a tour, there's quite a few that are around the London area. Although you will have to be intrepid as far as taking trains and that type of thing. <laughs> go to 
you know, a Highgrove House or Sandringham. And then, of course, Scotland is a bit of a journey, you know, for Balmoral and so on, Britannia. But definitely that kind of little circle around London, you can you can see quite a bit of, of where she lived, she, which is which is great. It doesn't take too, too much. I did it actually over two summers. I did two trips and spread out the all the different homes so which was your favorite of diana's homes because you've seen all of them and they all obviously had yeah. a special a special link to her which one really stood out for you you know what lydia surprised it surprised me but sandringham actually did hmm. I, I think it's because it was next door or it is next door to park house which is where she was born and grew up uh, but also because when you take the train from london into king's lynn station you know, it, you, that's where I felt her spirit because I was, you know, standing there looking at the little tea shop and I thought she sat here with a biscuit with her nanny waiting for the train <laughs> with her brother. I, I went into the bathroom and I thought she was washing her hands at this little sink. And, and when you go to the actual Sandringham estate, it's quite open. You know, a lot of these royal palaces, I think it's important for your listeners to know too. A lot of the homes, the rooms aren't open. So you can see the grounds, but there's very selected rooms that are open to the public, which makes sense. You know, they're not mm. going to show bedrooms to everybody, you know, especially they live, some of them, they live there. Uh, it's Sandringham really kind of had that sort of Downton Abbey feel, you know, a country home, but you know, very, very, still very nice. Uh, but you can walk into the saloon and you can, you know, you can see the dining room where they, where they would put the Christmas tree at Christmas. And then, you know, you take the little walk around the back up to the St. Mary Magdalene Church, just like the royals do, you know, on Christmas Day. So I, I, the whole experience to me, uh, for some reason, I, I, that was my favorite. I felt closest to her there. And, you know, there was just so many little elements that uh, really evoked her spirit to me. Of course, Althorpe as well, because she's buried there. But uh, it's hard to pick a favorite, though. <laughs> I, I really want to visit Althorpe as well. It's been a, a dream of mine and my mother's as well. So we're oh, planning on going together once. <laughs> it's it's really worth it. It's mm. and, and it's beautiful. The guides there are really super helpful. Fingers crossed. I'll be able to go once. <laughs> it's very peaceful too. The Oval Lake where you yeah. go. It's yeah, I imagine. The house and you can sit there as long as you want. There's beautiful benches there and the memorial and. Yeah, that was very peaceful and, and, and a really nice spot to visit. It was a sunny day when I was there, which was also great. Mm. So tell us, wh why Diana? Why, why is she your focus? Yeah, that's a great question. I've really been fascinated with her ever since she burst onto the royal scene, you know, back in 1980. You know, we were the same age. I got married when I was 20. She got married when she was 20. So, you know, even though she's certainly not in my sphere, I related to her. And I think that's what a lot of people do. You know, even today, anytime I say to somebody, where were you the night Princess Diana died? Boom. You know, everybody has a kind of a gut reaction and they go into the story and they want to talk about her. And I just felt like even though she was imperfect, she was perfectly relatable, probably read about, oh, maybe a hundred biographies of her. Uh, but I always felt like the one thing that was missing was her voice. You know, what was she thinking and feeling, which is really why I started the fiction, you know, in the first place, was to really imagine what was going on when all these known events that we've seen and read about so many times to really bring them to life in a bit more of a richness. So, yeah, I still think she's fascinating, you know, 20 plus years beyond her death. Yeah, she's just one of those women that uh, stays with people, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Iconic. And lives yeah. on. And her sons to this day, of course, right? Mm. Which is beautiful to see. Definitely. And and her grandchildren. Little yeah. Charlotte 
Charlotte yeah. carries her name, and I personally think Charlotte uh, favors her her grandmother <laughs> a little bit too. So yeah, it's a it's a nice. It's sad nice that way to carry it on. Never knew them. I, I feel like she would have been the greatest granny, but uh, you know she would just love those kids so much. Oh, I agree. Isn't it? When you kind of say, like when you're saying, Brittany, Diana, the grandmother, because obviously we never got to see her in that role, but obviously she is their grandmother, but it just feels really strange, doesn't it, to kind of cast her in that that role because we never Mm -hmm. see it. We never got to see it happen. No, she was 36 when she died. So, so young, you know. But her legacy does endure, doesn't it? I mean, it, it does seem that Diana will always be one of the most celebrated royals of them all certainly for our generation the kind of you know pe- you know people that remember the 90s she her, her yeah. magic continues doesn't it it does and i mean when you think of the the barriers that she broke with hiv and you know leprosy and landmines all those causes that nobody wanted to touch and certainly the royals weren't that keen for her to, to be involved with them but she didn't care you know she went out there and she hugged people and you know, t- held the hands of each of eight people and really brought and shone a light on those kinds of causes that, you know, we've never seen before that time. Yeah, she did really break the royal mold, didn't she? Because really, when you kind of look not just at Kate and at Meghan and William and Harry, but the younger royals across Europe, you know, kind of think of people like Queen Letizia, Crown Princess Victoria, Diana kind of set a new template for them, didn't she? That that it was okay to embrace these more modern causes and do it in a more modern way. Absolutely, yeah. Not always popular, but when you look back on it, it was it was pretty groundbreaking. And needed. I think the things she did that yeah. she broke gr- groundbreaking, they, they, they were needed with the and, leprosy and, and yeah. HIV. Yeah, and I think you know, brought back a lot of popularity in the monarchy, you know, at the time. People were getting older. It wasn't quite as exciting. So she brought back some of that glamour. I mean, remember some of those dresses and, you know, people would look at her hair and how she went to these royal events. I mean, her, she had the most beautiful figure to wear and any designer would love to dress her. (laughs) So she really brought back again, that focus to the monarchy that it really needed at that time. Yes, she did. She kind of changed royalty, didn't she, in the 20th and 21st century. I think a lot of what we know now as modern royalty, we could probably trace a lot of it back to the way Diana was in public. It altered perceptions. A mouse that roared. Remember they called her that? Yeah. They thought she was so shy and demure and was just going to sit back and (laughs) and be this kind of trophy wife. And she she had other ideas. She really did. So what would be your top tip, Deb? If other people want to do what you've done, obviously they need to go and get your book. But if they want to follow in Diana's footsteps, what would be your top tip for finding the woman behind the image? I mean, definitely plan ahead. Even though, as you say, there's a lot of the homes around each other. They're not so close that you could do, for example, two in one day, really. I mean, you could do Buckingham Palace and Clarence House in one day. Uh, but uh, you need to, to definitely plan ahead. Top tip, definitely be aware of opening and closing times because some of these places aren't as open as you might think they are. And set your expectation that you're not going to see a lot of the rooms. Make sure you see all the gardens because they're all really beautiful. And be careful because you can't take a lot of pictures. The one place no. that I was pleasantly surprised and quite thrilled to see was Britannia, you know, the, the, the Royal Yacht Britannia, which is permanently moored now in Edinburgh. You can take pictures throughout which is quite rare and unique. Most places you can take pictures outside, but once you come inside, you're madly trying to imprint everything yeah. in your brain <laughs> because you can't yeah, yeah. 
Moral Castle, looking at this beautiful great hall, just trying to, you know, memorize it all in your head because you can't take photos. So really just to, to, to be aware of that and have your expectations set. Ask lots of questions. The guides are super helpful anywhere that you go. And, uh, and have fun. Like, really just enjoy. Enjoy. And don't forget, never forget to go to the Buckingham Palace shop in London. <laughs> That's my favorite store in the whole world. <laughs> I go there. I always stock up on the latest of everything. Mm -hmm. It's right close to the palace. Have you ladies ever been there? I've been. I've been. Uh, I spent a lot of money there. <laughs> right? <laughs> back through customs it's like okay i spent about 100 pounds um but it's it's that's a magical place as well yeah. well deb remind us of the title of the new book we'll put a link to it on the site Thank you yeah it's called at home with diana and it's uh yeah it's coming out very shortly in in both paperback and kindle editions so anybody can get it on amazon anywhere in the world and hopefully you'll enjoy it and learn lots about diana the history of the homes and get the bug to come and do your own special world tour. I think we certainly will. Well, Deb Stratus, thank you very much for talking to us on the Raw Central podcast. We'll have lots more on the book on the site once it appears. As we said, we'll put a link on there for you as well. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Raw Central and Instagram, raw.central, for the very latest on Diana and lots of other Raw news. And we'll have another new podcast for you very soon. But for now, thank you for listening and bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.